Hey, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Teacher Let Your Light Shine. Let me just say that it is my absolute joy to have you with me. It really is. Even if you've not joined our community on Facebook, Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Business, I want you to know it is my pleasure to come and just be a part of your earbuds for the day, for the moment. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to serve you, to uplift you, to be here with you, and I just hope that one day we can connect. Maybe it's at a conference one day. Maybe it is in our Facebook group. Maybe we can actually fly and meet each other somewhere. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to just have you showing up. Even if it's your first time, welcome. If you are new to Teacher Let Your Light Shine, we're so grateful for you. We have an amazing community over in Facebook. Start your micro school or homeschooling business. It is for parents or teachers who are looking for an opportunity to make an income while also making an incredible impact on our future generation. And that is through tutoring, building a micro school, building a learning pod, using your services in some way to help, maybe even with a homeschooling educational business. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you five lessons that I learned this past month running our micro school, Lighthouse Learning. I can't wait to share them with you. I believe you will be able to walk away with some golden nuggets to start implementing either in your homeschool or your future micro school or maybe even into your classroom starting now. So what do you say? Let's get into it. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Can you believe that it is May? Hey, hey, hip, hip, hooray, right? It is May, the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's just be honest. We start the year, we love it, but we know that there's always an end in sight so that we can get some rest and some restoration. I hope that you will be with me in the month of May because in the month of May, I'm going to be pouring in to this community about our mindset. I'm going to be sharing some very vulnerable, very just from the heart stories to help you in your journey, either as a homeschool mom or a teacher who is leaving the profession, possibly considering leaving the profession, someone who is interested in starting a micro school, a tutoring business, or a learning pod. I have been a teacher and loved being a teacher. I have been a homeschool mom. I have been a micro school mom. I have had a business. This is my second business. I'm here to tell you that I understand what it feels like to go through transitions to wonder if what you're doing is right, to wonder if you need to do X, Y, Z, to need a community. I've been there. I've done that. I also know what it's like to feel lonely, to feel darkness, 
to feel so many different emotions that surface when you're making a change. So in the month of May, I'm really dedicating this to the mothers, to the teachers who are interested in building their school, building a business, or they're just sitting on the fence wondering if they should leave the teaching profession and if they do, should they pursue something like this? Well, in today's episode, I'm going to share with you, like I do at the end of every month, I do a micro school weekly or not weekly micro school monthly recap. And I want to share it with you just what I've learned over the past month. So let's get into it. Number one. Okay. This is a good one. Hello. If you need some energy, I have learned that Celsius is incredible. I am serious. It is so good. Hello. I even went so much as to, are you ready for this? I even bought a 24 pack of Celsius from Costco. I did. I did it. I did it. And I'm so grateful that I did because I needed some extra energy this past month. I don't know about you. And I'm excited because I've got more for the month of May. Celsius is a energy drink, but it's not like a Red Bull. It is a fitness energy drink. And I will say though, I'm not a Red Bull person. I have one cup of coffee in the morning and then I have a green tea and a cocoa powder hot drink mid-morning. And now I've started implementing Celsius. I know, I promise it's not gonna be a lifelong thing here, but you know that there's different seasons when you need different things. Hello, and this is the season where I needed a little bit of, of an extra boost. So Celsius is a just like a drink that's a sparkling, like you can get sparkling Fuji apple pear. It has your essential energy. It accelerates your metabolism. It burns fat. I was mainly using it because I wanted the personal effects of energy because I'm tired. I'm sorry, but you know it too. Actually, I'm not sorry. Why am I saying I'm sorry? That's ridiculous. It has green tea extract, vitamin B, guarana seed extract, guarana? I'm not for sure. Vitamin C, chromium, ginger root. It's just so good. It's so good. The extract in the green tea has specific EGCG. Mm, that helps boost your metabolism, but I think that is what gives the energy here, folks. And the B vitamins, hello, it does say that it is essential for energy production. So listen, different times of the year, girls, guys, we got to have, we, like you just got to do what you got to do. And that's what I had to do. I had to get myself a Celsius here. Now I got myself a 24 pack and no, I've not had it today. I took a day off. So number one, that's the lesson that I learned. Number two, exercise. I found I found a really great routine, believe it or not, to start exercising in the morning. I make myself do it. And the days that I do not do it, I notice the difference. And so I, I promised myself that I was going to do it five out of seven days a week, but I've actually do it seven out of seven days. Now, I don't do it at the same time on the weekend, but I do go out for a morning run at 630 and I get back by seven o'clock hop in the shower, get myself a little bit prepared for the day before my student. I have one student who comes early. She gets here at 7.15. The rest of the students get here at 8.30. That's just something special that I worked out for this year. So if you are, I do not do extended day. So if you're building a school and you're wondering about extended day, I do not. I do not have it in the morning. I do not have it in the afternoon, but I do have it specifically for a family that I felt called to help. And I'm grateful that I did that. So number two is exercise and just taking breaks throughout the day as well to stretch. 
I even take the kids outside. We do squats. We take a morning walk even after the students arrive by 9 o'clock. We take a short little morning walk. And then in the afternoon, I try to stay out and get as much sunlight as possible. I think that that is just so beneficial, especially during this time of the year. Number three is just being outside and making sure that the children are outside. If you are working in a school right now, get those kids outside. I had a teacher friend, bless her heart. She was so exhausted. I saw her on a Friday afternoon. She looked absolutely depleted. And she said, I have so many kids out in my class with COVID. She said, but the wonderful thing is, it was such a beautiful day. I took all of them outside and I took whiteboards and markers and magnets and Play-Doh and we stayed outside all day. Isn't that so fun? I know that that really did renew her after having a really long, hard, stressful week. So right now it's May. Take your kids outside more. Do it for yourself. Do it for them. Take learning outside. Take whiteboards. Take markers. Go on a scavenger hunt around the school. Find things that start with a certain letter. Take your kids outside if they are homeschooled. Go on nature walks. Go and just swing outside. Go and make something in nature. It's about to be Mother's Day. Treat yourself, if you are a mom, treat yourself to the pleasures of being outside. Number four, I gotta say, this was a hard one for me. I did not come to this until the very last week of April. I finally said, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of this, we're going to finish strong mindset. Like, I can't. I don't feel strong. I don't think that this is necessary right now. And you're going to listen to many podcast episodes in the month of May where I'm going to talk to you about mindset. I'm going to talk to you about energy. I'm going to talk to you about productivity. I'm going to talk to you about some real deep, deeply ingrained issues that I think we have in America, that I think that we have as teachers, as moms, in our culture, one that I am trying to deal with and and work on myself. But I know that even in public school, they're sitting there going through state testing. I know that when state testing is over, whew, it's like, hello, amen, let's do it. Or maybe you're not in a grade that does state testing. You know, come this time of the year, it's like, how are we going to end the school year? And I, though, I've always been able to let go, but not, not emotionally. I don't think, I think that I've had a hard time with guilt and maybe you felt like this before too. Everybody needs to be engaged 100% of the time. Not one student who's off course. Everybody make sure that you have something that's really fascinating that everybody loves and all the kids are paying attention and watching and no one is drifting off and everyone knows exactly what to do. I don't know about you, but I don't know where I got that from. But I do think in our culture, I think that in the fear-based situations that we have in school with walkthroughs, with state mandates, with state testing, with evaluations, whatever it can be, researchers coming in, Kagan Cooperative Learning people coming in, Marzano Research Center coming in. I mean, it's so much. Like you feel as if you have to be on your A game all the time. And I remember feeling the very first year that I did this school, I remember feeling like, okay, at any time somebody can walk through here and I need to make sure they have all students engaged. What? Who in the world has been messing with my mind? Hello, I am done with it. No, kids need the opportunities to decompress. If we do not allow children the space to decompress, and I'm not saying that we just let them play all day long. I'm saying that we 
relax. That's it. Just stinking relax for a minute. Stop feeling so pressured to get everything done. Stop feeling so pressured to hurry up to the next activity. Stop. Talk. Laugh. Enjoy. Ask questions. And that's been hard for me. I told my assistant, I was like, okay, and then we're going to make sure we do this. And I need to make sure that they have all their letters and all their sounds. And I want to make sure that they know these sight words. And she looked at me and she's like, Mac, hello. Do you know what most people are doing in public school right now? Private school? I think homeschoolers are probably like, "Ah, I'm almost done. Hello. What are you doing this for? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's a fear-based. I'm not really for sure, but I think that there are healthy ways that we can keep our students engaged and still have peace and productivity, but it doesn't have to be this power plant where we are just cramming information like it's over. It's May. Hello. It's time to celebrate. It's time to have fun. It's time to make memories, which we have been all year, as you know that. If you follow us on Facebook at Lighthouse Learning Micro School, and you can go to our website, super fun, lighthouselearningmicroschool.com, you'll see all of the wonderful things we've got to do to be outside, to play, to enjoy, to create. Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. So why now am I like trying to put the pedal to the metal when we're all tired? We get tired. We're moms. We're parents. We're teachers. We're caregivers. Hello. Like, let's face reality here. Let it go. Let these children enjoy their childhood. Let them, you know, just ask them. This is what we did. We said, hey, kiddos, what would make your week so awesome? And I'm having in May a Kids Choice Week where they get to choose all the activities. And I said, now I need to prepare for Kids Choice Week. What am I What am I getting in myself into here? Which one of the days is going to be swimming because we do have a swimming pool? And they were like, art, aw, crafts, aw, isn't that sweet? More time outside playing chalk, okay. Movie day, okay. Pajamas, yeah, popcorn, you got it. They never said, take me here, take us to this place, do this with us, buy us this. Kids are actually a lot more simple than what we think that they are. They didn't ask me to let them be on technology. They just wanted to do little kid stuff. We complicate it. We just complicate it. I'm just done with it. Hello. Okay, number five. This is big. Number five is a heap in one. Number five is big. I'm learning to be more simpler. That's it. I do a lot of unit studies and a lot of thematic units, and I find that at the end of the month, we do most of our hands-on learning. And then what I find is that week that we do our experiments and all the hands-on learning and the crafts and the all the extra stuff, I'm also preparing for the new month or the week ahead where I'm starting a new unit. And so I don't like that. And you know what's really cool? Whenever you have your own school, if you don't like something, you get to change it. <laughs> That's what's so cool about it. And that last week of the month, I'm always preparing for the next month with newsletters and calendars. And I was like, you know what? I don't like that either. I mean, who am I? I don't know. I'm just feeling like this is my school. Why am I doing things a certain way when I could be doing it so much more simpler? So I've decided that for the future school year, I'm going to do instead of a monthly newsletter every, every month, obviously, and a monthly calendar that goes along with it, I'm going to do a quarter newsletter for August, September, October, and one calendar for August, September, October. 
I'm going to do one newsletter and one calendar to combine November, December. Hello, doesn't that make sense? Holiday months, November, December. I'm going to go start the new year, January, February, March with a quarter newsletter with that same quarter calendar. And then April and May, this worked out so beautifully. I even found that at the last week of March, I thought I don't need a separate newsletter and a separate calendar for April and May. We're going to do it together. And so I did. And guess what? I love it because the last week of April, I didn't have to go, okay, let me get my newsletter ready for May and let me get my calendar ready. No, it had already been done. It's called batching. I love batching. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I need to talk more about it, but it is so good. Just doing the same thing in the same chunk of time that makes sense and goes together. That's batching. All right. In the month of April, we celebrated my birthday. It was so cute. They surprised me. It was awesome. We had such a nice little party. They bought me fake tulips because they know that I love flowers. We did lots of games and lots of puzzles and researching the regions of the USA. And that's just such a great, geography is such a great concept to teach children. And I think that it's important all the way up until now, even at our age, Knowing where we are, knowing where we're going, knowing where we've been, knowing where we want to visit. This is the land that we live in. And I love the website, satera.com, S-E-T-E-R-R-A.com. It's very, very great for learning your states, your capitals, your regions, your continents. It's great. Check it out. We had a lot of guests in the month of April. We learned about, in science, the human body. And so we had guest speakers. I had a nurse mother. She's actually an infection preventionist. So she came in, taught about hand washing, let the kids wear scrubs, full-on PPE gear. Gloves, scrubs, hats. She gave the whole shebang to them. It was incredible. They, The kids absolutely loved it. And she did such a great presentation. So our students were so happy. In addition... I would like to put it out there that every time, especially in a small setting in elementary, I have students pre-K all the way up to fifth grade, fourth grade, going into fifth, and they still, whatever we are learning about, they will take it and turn it into a game or it becomes the reality. So after we've been learning about the human body, they all became doctors and nurses I had a couple kids bring their baby dolls to school. So what did I do? I created a paramedic bag and it has band-aids, gauze, tape, just some random little things in there that they feel, you know, fun playing doctor with. And they put band-aids on their baby dolls and they put, give it a little head wound and put gauze. It's so cute. It's so cool, you all, to see learning transfer. And I think that that is the beauty of being able to let go and decompress and let our kids just be kids. We also went to the zoo this month, which was an incredible experience. We went early in the morning. I had two volunteers and we love going to the library as well. Now I will say, even though I say that I wanted to, that it's much simpler, I will say win-win. We did get a new student for April and May, and I'm not saying that that's easy because it's not. A new student coming in at the end of the year, a homeschool mom, private school student, got out of private school, mom started homeschooling, needed help with her son. Here he is at our school two days a week, 
And I'm just able to help him. He feels so great being a part of a a community. She's so happy that he can be here. We're grateful that we have a new student. And you could tell he started off once a week coming here in the month of April. And then it was like, you know what? He can't handle it. He wants to be there more and more and more. And so coming from private school to homeschool, we wanted to immerse him just a little bit more throughout the week. So he comes an additional day and that's actually worked out really great. But I will say, just like getting a new student in regular school, there are some things that you have to consider and there are some important proponents to keep in mind. Last but not least, I'm just so grateful for my volunteers. I have a volunteer who had been gone for a couple months. She comes for a couple days on Thursdays and it's just a pleasure. She is a teacher who was also a reading interventionist and she comes and she reads with all of the students. All of the students have the same book in their hand. She does a full-on guided reading lesson with them and the kids will sit. I'm not not kidding you. The kids will sit with her for an hour with one book. We're talking pre-k, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. They will sit, even the little pre-k'er who doesn't read yet, will sit and is so in love with the process of being with a group with the same book, looking at the same pictures, having the same discussion. It's incredible. We also do shared writing with her as well. I love shared writing. It's just such an amazing way to read and write throughout the day. So grateful for it. So those are definitely some really great tips. Starting your day off with shared writing and also shared reading where everyone has the same book. The older students are doing something different while the younger students are reading, and then they switch, and the older students are reading the same story that's different than the un- than the younger students. But that group, the older up, the upper elementary, they are able to read the same book, and it's just awesome. They enjoy it. They like that community feel. All right, everyone. Well, I hope that this gave you some inspiration to finish off the school year, start your own school, start your learning pod. And remember, here it is. Number one, Celsius. Number two, or whatever it is that would make you give you just a little bit more of an energy if you need it. Number two, exercise. Number three, be outside. Number four, let go. And number five, keep it simple. I will see you over in our Facebook group, Start Your Micro School or Homeschooling Business. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.